What's up, empaths? It's Jamie Starr. This is episode 12 in Empaths in Love, and I have a confession to make. I have totally screwed up. Love is a powerful source. In life, we must stay the course. No matter how hard it gets, we always gotta do our best. So believe in yourself. Find the courage within. Transform from the inside out. Let your healing begin. Ooh, I'm an empath in love. I'm an empath in love. Hello, my empaths. I'm so glad to be with you today. Thanks for sticking by me. I realize it's been a little while since I brought a podcast to you. So I want to talk about today when you screw up, because I screwed up. I screwed up big time. (laughs) And maybe you don't think it was a very big deal, but I feel like it's something I need to confess to. So I had promised my Facebook group, Empaths in Love, that I was going to do a Facebook Live every day with them. And the reason I wanted to is because I wanted to spend more time with my community and serving them and connecting. And it really was just out of a space of like, I want to show up for you. I did it two days in a row. And then on the third day, well, I had, you know, a perfectly good excuse. (laughs) And one perfectly good excuse led to another perfectly good excuse. And then suddenly the entire month went by. And instead of doing 31, I did two. And you can even see that in the podcast. My promise was once a week you will have a new podcast from me, which I was super psyched to do. And I like recorded ones ahead of time and it was going to be great. And then I released some and then I stopped. And I had a perfectly good excuse. (laughs) So part of coming back into integrity when you screw up is figuring out what the honest truth is. So exploring those perfectly good excuses, I think it's worth it. I mean, there's truly, there's the the reality of my life, which is I am a mom of a toddler and I am constantly interrupted and things are really unpredictable. Uh, Sometimes like he's supposed to take a nap and I should have about an hour and a half, which is plenty of time to record a podcast. And sometimes he just doesn't nap (laughs) or daycare will be closed or... I get an extra client during the week and I have more work than usual. Sometimes when I find a space of flow where I can complete a thought, an entire thought all to myself without being interrupted or poked or (laughs) uh, called upon to do something um, or while I'm not doing a chore, it just feels so good to be in flow that I don't want it to stop. And so I'll keep doing what I'm doing even though I have time to do a podcast. And then this month in July was my birthday. And damn it, I should be able to do what I want on my birthday. And even though, of course, I want to connect with people, I really wanted some quiet and some rest. So I spent a lot of time resting. I was out of the office for a couple of days um, doing my own work. And part of what came up was like, hey, you're not an integrity. Spencer Johnson says, integrity is telling myself the truth. 
honesty is telling the truth to other people. And so today I'm coming honest because it took me a little while to be in integrity. Some days I forgot about wanting to go live. Some days I forgot about the podcast. I told myself it would be disrespectful to the people in the group to do one really late at light at night, like say nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. Um, I could have, I could have said something, right? I could have gone back on Facebook. I could have made a post and said, Hey, I'm trying to get my needs met. I'm trying to be present for my family. I'm out for my birthday. No Facebook live tonight. And I could have, res- I could have done that and still respected other people. But instead, I just didn't show up. And I think that's what this is about. And I wonder for you where that is for you. Like, where are there times or places where you know you should show up or even you want to show up and then there's perfectly good excuses that support you in not showing up? And I think about that and, like, what would happen if you did? And then people would like comment and like maybe there's a troll. I don't know. Like there's some danger in being exposed like that. So I was looking at the mythology of things and I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Japanese uh, Shinto mythology and there's Amaterasu Omikami, the sun goddess, which Amaterasu Omikami means the great ineffable goddess who shines in heaven. And so the sun in Shinto is feminine. And um, so Amaterasu has a great story in which uh, she and the other gods of heaven um, were, they had kicked out her brother from heaven. Uh, I think he was a, I think he was a storm god. And they kick him out of heaven, and then he comes to say goodbye to her. And as he's saying goodbye, he insults her. And he insults her so badly, and she's so angry that she hides her face from the world and hides in a cave. And so, of course, there's no sun on the earth, so there's the crops cannot grow, and the people are panicking, and the gods get together, and they're like, we can't have a Matarasu. We can't have the sun being hidden from us we need her we want her she she must shine in heaven and so like they take turns going into the cave or going to the cave and like somebody like tries to cajole her like come on out like we miss you oh you know what can we do and somebody else like offers her like food and um tries to bribe her out and finally one of the i guess she's a lesser goddess and she does a lewd dance and so she's dancing and her breasts are flying and her kimono is open and and she's having just this ecstatic moment and all the other gods are laughing and it's at that moment that Amaterasu is like well what's going on out there and then she shows her face to the world um, and sees I think it's Umuzi and connects with her and is like oh okay I understand I need to I need to not hide and so um, Amaterasu receives uh, gifts and gives them to she ends up giving them to her children um, which is a whole other complicated story so the gifts that she receives and then gives to humanity are um, the 
Yata no Kagami, The Mirror of Self-Reflection and Truth of Reality. She gives to human beings the Yasakani no Maratama, the jewel of the individual self, uh, the divine and unique light within all of us. And then she gives the Kusanagi no Tsurugi, the sword of action and will in the world, which is your power and authority. So she gives these gifts to who becomes the, the very first emperor of Japan. But these are gifts that are given to all of us, and they're needed in order to be a strong, upstanding person in the world. If you're going to be a leader, or if you're put in a position of leadership, um, and th- the truth is, like as an empath, these are gifts that we need. So the mirror of self-reflection shows us the truth of who we are. It shows us how we actually look. It's hard to project onto a mirror. We project onto other people stuff about us. You know, we say, oh, I I hate her hair. Um, When we think about ourselves in that hair and how, like, upsetting that would be. (laughs) Or the time we had that exact same haircut. Or um, we see in other people qualities about ourselves that are negative. Um, so they, they say that if you, you take your worst enemy and the thing that you hate the most about them is the thing that you hate the most about yourself. And so in some way, Amaterasu's mirror is um, showing us who we are all the time. And that, I th- that is really hard. And it's not for everybody. Not, not everybody is ready to look at themselves consistently or all the time. But true growth comes from that. And the growth is in seeing yourself. If everything is a mirror of who I am, I'm always being reflected. And I think this month, when I took a look at myself, I didn't like what I saw. I wanted to show up, and I didn't. (laughs) I didn't over and over again. Like I made the choice every day not to show up for my people. I made the choice every day not to have something to say, not to look within and find a nugget or something worth sharing, maybe even to not look within and spend a lot of the month looking outward and caring for others in my world and trying to be present. If by being present, you mean, you know, doing the laundry and (laughs) um, sleeping in and um, laying in the sun and uh, trying to rest, if that's what that means. And that's the, the truth and the reality of what, what I was going through. And the truth and reality of what happened to me in July, right? But it did take me away from the public, and I wasn't looking in the mirror. So the other gift, the jewel of the individual self. Every person has their own divine and unique light And as Amaterasu shines her sunlit radiance, it is reflected off of the individual. And every person is different. We all have different ways of shining in the world. We all have different levels of clarity, different ways of refraction, different ways of reflecting the light that comes in. I think about, I love um, stones 
uh, and crystals. And I have a pretty decent collection and most of them are pretty small, like just to get a sample of different kinds. Um, one of my favorites is Labradorite, Labradorite because it can look really plain. And then when you polish it, there can be a rainbowy refraction in it and it's like kind of green and blue and there's purples and just these lovely colors and every angle you look at it uh it shows you something different and I love that about that particular stone you can't facet it very well it just needs to be polished in the right way whereas um like say quartz crystal often just needs to be uh, smoothed in order for it to reflect the light the best that it can, but you can't clear out the cloudiness in it. You can't change that occlusions, things that are inside the stone. That's like one of my favorite things. So um, there, there's a stone called rutilated quartz, and it has bits of yellow. Um, I don't know. They look like splinters almost. And sometimes it's called the hair of Aphrodite, so obviously I like that. <laughs> and they're really beautiful because there's things inside of it. And you can facet that, but the occlusions, the things inside of it, like they change the way the light is reflected. And they're solid, like you, you can't wish them out. You can't pray them away. They're, it's just how that stone came together. The pressure, the chemicals, the environment, the time where it is from all of those are recorded in the stone and I think that's beautiful and I think that that's true about people not that we can't there are things inside us that we can change and so much of the work that we do as empaths is clearing away the dirt and debris that gets in the way of shining ourselves of seeing the true nature of our particular uh jewel the Yasakani no Maritama, assuming I'm reading my own handwriting, <laughs> finding our own. And there really are, like, people have different ways of being, and some things that we grow up in, like, they do become a part of us. As much as I would love to, I can never have a southern accent, even though, like, I think that it's, it's beautiful and warm and expresses me in a way. But I'm, I'm not from that part of the world. And so I, I can't do it. Even Like my British accent, too, is like embarrassing. Should I actually go to Britain and try it? They uh, I did when I was like 19 and they saw right through me. They knew I was not from there. I can't get the Pacific Northwest out of my voice. My husband says you can take the girl out of Puyallup, but you can't take Puyallup out of the girl. Because there's turns of phrase that I use because I'm from this part of Washington state that he's like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I can't explain to you. You just have to grow up where I'm from and they're a part of me, right? That certain things like that, uh, they don't wash off very well. They're pretty permanent. But there's other things that beliefs about oneself that do get in the way of who you are. A belief of being unworthy, a belief uh, that nobody can love you, these are not true. These are, they're not even occlusions. Like there's no way that that's true about you. If you're a shining radiant soul, there's no way that that's true. Like you are beloved. You just can't see that. 
and so that stone needs to be shined up and cared for. And maybe it needs to be faceted, right? Like through experience and practice, maybe there's a certain way that you shine up better where other people wouldn't shine up well that way. I remember when I was um, I was in college and uh, I couldn't afford to go and I was looking for ways to pay for school. And so my dad was like, why don't you join the military? It'll really build character. You need some character. I, you know, I was like 19 then and thought I knew everything and like, of course, uh, had a certain kind of character. <laughs> I thought, I thought I was okay. But he told me it would build character. And I remember uh, twice I tried to join the military and both times um, I didn't make it past the, uh, the intake process. Um, I even had to like lose weight and stuff like that. And like I had to fight for getting in and I, I still didn't, which was probably a good thing. And that ended up being okay. But um, his thought was that like that would take maybe harden me up a little bit or um, shape me in a way that would be helpful to me but now as I look back on it I know that that would have been such a soul-crushing profession for me that I can't imagine actually being in a place where I would have to even be around like that kind of war or being told what to do without thinking about it like it just it makes my stomach crawl it's just not who I am that is not the kind of jewel that I am and so that kind of faceting that kind of polishing or wearing away would not be appropriate for me and I'm really glad that um even the military saw through me and didn't (laughs) didn't allow me to do it even though like my will was aligned I wanted to I was desperate I would have solved a lot of problems I definitely wouldn't be where I am at now had I done that I'd be doing something different and that would be okay so even if it was a mistake maybe it wouldn't be such a bad one, right? So the jewel of individual self. And next we have the sword of action and will in the world. This is your power and authority. We think about swords um, as like something you use to like stab your opponent, but the truth is the sword is, is a extension of your will. I always thought that it would be easier to shoot somebody than to stab them with a sword because in order to pull the trigger, it's such a small movement in order to create that power that could harm somebody. With a sword, you have to want to hurt somebody. You have to put your brute strength behind it. The sword, applying the same pressure that you would to pull a trigger to a sword is not going to hurt anyone probably unless it's like super sharp maybe I don't know but they're just not the same like you have to have your will behind it and in medieval times when we think about like people with swords and knights not everybody could have a sword in fact even before that even in like Roman times and and beyond a, a sword was First of all, it was like, it was hard to come by because the metals themselves are difficult to come by. You have to work them out of the ground and that's a dangerous occupation. And then somebody has to forge it and they have to melt it and make the metal alloy strong and pound it and, and shape it. And that is very difficult and requires a skilled technician. And so somebody, if they are going to have a sword, has to be able to afford that. 
we read in Beowulf, uh, one of the first pieces of literature in uh, one of the earliest forms of English. And they talk about swords as if they're people. The, the sword itself has an authority. It has its own purpose. Like, this is the sword which slays enemies, and this is the sword which brought down so-and-so, the bad guy, and vanquished this dragon. And the swords have names, and the swords have lineage of who owns them and the deeds that the sword has accomplished are considered as belonging to the sword and not necessarily the person. And so when you have a sword, you have to be able to afford it and you have to accept the responsibility that the lineage of that sword carries. And that is a sense that is responsibility and authority because it means you wield that and you have to wield it with justice and it has to be tempered with, you know, as much rational authority as you can, I suppose. You just can't be brash or if you do you you take responsibility for that because everybody knows that that sword belongs to you you may be the only one in the county that has a sword or there may be very few the sword would be recognizable it they're not anonymous they are power and authority and even in the tarot we uh the sword is um you would think it would be the element of fire and action and doing things, but actually the sword is an extension of air, the mind, the will. And, um, wait, is it? Right, yes, <laughs> authority. <laughs> like, wait, I don't want to tell you wrong. Uh, some, I mean, some people interpret it the other way as being fire uh, and switch it with wands. Um, and to me, the wands are a magic wand in which your power flows through and makes things happen. And you can you can read that in the tarot. That's a totally other discussion. My point is that Amaterasu gives you the mirror of self-reflection, the jewel of the individual self, and the sword of action and will in the world. And these are gifts that um, I feel I've been kind of lacking because the honest truth is that I was afraid to put myself out there. I was afraid to be seen, heard, and celebrated. In fact, I was actually more afraid of that. I was more afraid of this podcast being successful than I am of trolls. It's easier to do a podcast than a YouTube because nobody sees your face. You can like imagine how pretty I am. Uh, you can look at the, the cover art and, and extend that. And, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I don't have to look at the comments um, because I'm sensitive to the critic, right? To the criticism uh, that should, like good comments also come with negative comments too. And that's just the way of it. And I also recognize that even if somebody likes it, they don't necessarily go out of the way to say something positive and so it, even the comments themselves are like not a reflection of how I'm doing. But in all honesty, there's that core feeling of shame. And really, it's a fancy defense mechanism. I won't put myself out there. Uh, my intention is good, but I didn't follow through. So maybe people will just see my intention and like that will be enough. But I don't actually have to like get on the stage or anything because that would be terrifying. And I don't want to do that, but I do. <laughs> uh, 
oh, that feeling of shame. Maybe you can relate. <sighs> yeah. And even like every time I, every night when I went to bed and I hadn't done a podcast and I hadn't done a Facebook live, I, I still felt ashamed. It's like a double, a double edged sword of like, I feel ashamed that I didn't do it. And I feel ashamed that I let you down and I feel ashamed that I don't want to be seen. Well, the cure for shame is to be vulnerable enough to be seen and to have it be okay. But also courageous enough to know your value even when others debase you. And maybe that's why we get a sword and Amaterasu gives us a sword. Maybe we can smite them with that. <laughs> We're smiting our own like insecurities like as they come up. And so the negative comments are like a reflection of what, of my own negative thoughts because if my judgments about other people are a reflection of myself that means the judgments I'm receiving are also a reflection of myself and so I get to work through them every time they come up and that's a beautiful thing to have that opportunity um, for someone to say offer you a piece of criticism and you can decide what part of that is true about me or or my own fear that that is the criticism. I think there's some um, there's some things that would be easier for me to take than others. Uh, some things I would take really personal, and some things I would be like, "Well, that's more about you. I don't, you know, that doesn't hurt my feelings. Sorry, it hurt yours, I guess." Yeah, there's definitely things that like I don't want to hear other people say. And being on a podcast allows some anonym- anonymity for me. Uh, to have some space from that and isn't that so true of empaths that we it's it is hard to maintain that self-value when you're sensitive to criticism and doing the work to undo that in your mind is hard I admit that that's hard I'm closer to 40 than 30 now just had a birthday and it's really time to value what I've been given the gifts I've been given, the, you know, the education I've garnered, the wisdom, is that the word? The wisdom of what I've been through, how I process things, and be able to return that in, out into the world and into my community and into any willing heart. And maybe when I put it out there, somebody else will need it. But the truth is that I need it. I need to be out there. I need to be seen. I need to be celebrated. I'm a little bit freaked out because tomorrow I will be on the radio. Uh, I'll be interviewed by um, a host, Dina Marie, which I'm super excited about. She is lovely. We got to talk on the phone the other day. Uh, I've never been on a radio show before, except when I was a kid, like requesting them to play a song. (laughs) Play this song for my mommy. Well, it's not like that. I get get to come in as an expert and talk about what I'm passionate about, which is helping people transform and helping empaths be the most that they could be. And I get to talk about the personal transformation intensive. And I get to talk about and with my partner, Lisa, who I think is lovely and everybody needs a Lisa in their life. And I get to talk. What a blessing and how fun. And so 
I guess this is my podcast way of apologizing. I'm sorry that I wasn't available to you and that maybe you checked and saw that like, hey, I didn't, you know, Jamie didn't update a podcast. I, I was waiting for that. Maybe this is the podcast you needed to hear. Maybe Amaterasu is ready to come into your life. Maybe it's time to look in that mirror. I certainly have been. The truth is a lot of things have been germinating and maybe not being out and speaking and being visible has allowed me some more time to gestate. I am putting together a program I am so excited for. It's going to be, there's going to be goddesses. (laughs) You're going to find your goddess. So we're going to like accomplish your goals. You're going to have more love in your life. It's going to be a tremendous, really cool program that I'm putting together and I've just been like gestating this beautiful thing for the last month or so and I'm not quite ready to launch it but um it's starting to come together and maybe having this time away has given me some more space for that but also maybe I've robbed you from my process and I've been robbed of your feedback maybe that's the case too I'm willing to take responsibility for that so please accept my apology um, and I, I hope to hear from you. And if, if you have a comment, like, please leave it. And even if it's sharp, like I'll take it. I, I can look at it. I can, I can use the mirror of reflection and take a peek there and see if that's true. I can't wait to connect more and, uh, to be out there more. So look for some more podcasts. I've got some coming. There was one I was working on and, um, the audio was so disjointed. I just don't think that I can make it pleasant to listen to it's taken like a lot of work to make it even kind of listenable and I'm, I'm fearful that I'm just gonna have to let that go I, I think I have probably spent 10 hours editing this stupid podcast that I will never be able to release it just the quality is just not there which is too bad because it was a it was a beautiful interview with a really beautiful person but I'll see if I can try or find a way to to bring it to you but but know that I have been thinking of you And even if my intention didn't come true, my intention of being out there, my heart is with you. And uh, I hope that you can uh, find that in me and find a little bit of what I'm going through maybe in your story. I look forward to connecting. Have a beautiful day. I said, oh, we are empaths in love. We are empaths in love. bottom of my heart, I want you to know that I am so grateful that you are in my life. You are so special and the world needs you now more than ever. To show my love, I have a present for you. Go to www.empathsinlovepodcast.com for free resources and masterclasses just for empaths like you. You can get the ebook to Conflict Resolution for Empaths, You can take a course to reclaim your personal power or even apply to work with me. I'm always adding cool stuff onto there. You'll discover all things podcasts and can join the mailing list for awesome tips for living a life you love and using your gifts for good instead of evil. If you appreciated the show today, show some love by leaving a five-star review, subscribe so you don't miss a thing, and share it with your friends. Brightest blessings and all my love.